Hello and welcome back to Something Rotten. This is our second episode on Hellblade, Senua's Sacrifice, and our fourth episode on Ninja Theory writ large. Our DMC Hellblade series continues in, in choosing the two most different games ever made, ever developed back-to-back -back by one publisher. Uh, Blake, I assume that Hellblade has been the most exciting game that you've played in the past 48 hours, right? There's nothing else that would have taken that title. I thought you were going to riff on how tired I was talk saying I am, so I had a joke prepared. Where I was like, I feel like Hell Blake right now. Um, so just wanted to get that one out there. <laughs> oh, that's good. Hey, Blake, how tired are you? I feel like Hell Blake right now. Uh, so that was good. Uh, hey, <laughs> we're recording this two days, uh, three days after Zelda Tears of the Kingdom came out. And let me tell you. I, I like Hellblade, but the two hours I had to play of this game, uh, Saturday and Sunday, really not up to fucking snuff compared to Tears of the Kingdom. It's not, you could not, you could not attach a rocket to uh, a sled in Hellblade and send a little Korok into okay. the stratosphere. I did have like a real gamer thought the, <laughs> over the weekend where I was like, man, why can't I have a game with the open systems of Zelda? And the graphical fidelity of Hellblade. And it's like... <laughs> yeah, come on, devs. Get on it's that. It's like, you know what? Zelda doesn't need better graphics. Like, the game is beautiful as is in its simplicity, and any any marks against it you might have are immediately erased by the fact you can do literally anything you want except for drop a big wooden box on an enemy's head and have it shatter, which, whatever. That's a conversation for a different time. I just feel like a game that open should let you break wooden boxes on enemy sets. Um, but could you imagine if that game looked like Hellblade? How cool would that imagine, be? Imagine if it looked like it did now, but in like the memories where you saw Zelda doing stuff, <laughs> she was like captured and emoting yeah. at the level of Senuo, where she's just like like tears pouring down her perfectly captured face. Just covered in blood and burnt to a crisp like Sinua is by yeah, the end that's of this right. game, which is truly horrific. It's it's a real, like, I'm a big fan of games that have you look progressively more fucked up as the game goes on. Right. Uh, you know, that kind of, like, keep the scarring. Uh, this one might take the cake. I think so. In terms of, like, she, she, doesn't, she doesn't look like she's doing the most well at the beginning of the game but by the end it is like the end of fucking apocalypse now i mean we talked about you know it's like the come and see kid at the yeah. end where he's aged like 40 years i would be curious to know if that movie was in any way an inspiration to this game um i i I was worried going into this season that we were going to do one rotten game and then one not rotten game and then I'll, I'll tell you, by the end of Hellblade, this is such a rotten goddamn game. Uh, yeah? It, it, if if only in presentation alone. Like, it was genuinely hard to watch, look at Sinua for the last, like, couple cutscenes. Because she just looked like she was in such agony. Which she probably mm -hmm. was. Because I'm not so good at the combat. Which meant she was taking a lot of fucking blades to the body. <laughs> um, and also, it is... You know, presentation-wise, it feels almost akin to, like, 
Max Payne 3 or something in terms of, like, how many, like, film effects and kind of, yeah. like, weird strobing, like, like different different cuts and film styles and whatever kind of crashing into each other. It's a really, like... I, I think maybe when people think about this game, they remember, you know, the depictions of, of mental illness and whatever, and maybe not how, like, stylistically weird it gets just from, like, a presentational aspect. You know, it's like, we didn't talk about last week how many videos of real people there are in this game. Yeah, something I, I want to talk about that I forgot to bring up last episode is the way this game mimics film grain which is not exactly what you were talking about which is definitely more like uh in your face with its style but i've noticed games um even really cinematic ones i have trouble buying into the cinematicness of say god of war i'm gonna do my best to explain this and i don't know if i'm gonna stick the landing or even a last of us where it's like the cutscenes look too close to gameplay like there's no cinematic quality i mean there is a cinematic quality to them in terms of how they're shot and blocked and etc mm-hmm. but like you're you're lacking the tactile feel of movies or the texture of film that often mm-hmm. you don't even have black bars you know the red dead did which uh anyway this is all to say that sometimes like bothers my brain when i want to be getting into a more cinematic moment is like well it doesn't feel like i'm watching something in a cinema and and do you think do you think that's partially due to like camera work like the actual movement of the camera or is it like Uh, no i i think boring camera is a problem in a lot of games but that's a different conversation i think it's Uh the crystal clear quality of the screen, you know, which I like in, I like in games, but when it goes to cutscene, like, you know, my brain is kind of conditioned after years of watching who knows how many movies. It's like, I want a little grain when I'm watching a like narrative moving picture, uh-huh. you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't watch a lot of like TV or uh, stuff. I don't know. I don't, I don't feel like I don't watch a lot of like shot on digital shit at this point. I know TV's also sometimes filmed on film, but like, anyway, all this is to say, uh, they mimic film grain in the cutscene, a lot of cutscenes of this game. And it looks, it goes so far in selling the, like, it's not every cutscene, but when it happens, like, it goes so far in selling the cinematic, like, gravitas of some of these scenes um, in a way that's like, I wish more games did it, and as I was playing last night, I thought of, like, one other game that did it. Uh, oh, 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 it, it's not film grain. Um, it's the uh, shot-on-video look of Kane and Lynch 2. Sure. Which, it's like, that goes so far. We talked for hours Yeah, I mean, Kane, Kane and Lynch is, like, the anti-film Exactly, yeah. It is, like, digital shittiness, but it is, like, you can see the 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 medium that it's being filmed through essentially yeah god i i love it i love that hellblade does this i love that in a lot of scenes they're like just like dirt on the lens of the fake camera making it look like you're Mm -hmm. like you're a documentarian there with her like 
I, I wanted to call that out because I think it's one of the like two cooler touches of the like presentation of this game. Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting. Sometimes I'll I'll stumble into a dumb old Reddit conversation where people are talking about things like lens flare or whatever in games, and inevitably someone will say something like my eye isn't a camera, you know, like this isn't, this isn't how it should look because this is not how it looks to a human eye. It's how it looks to like a camera presenting something to which my argument is always like the only way we see things through screens is via camera. You know, it's like, like our, our version of reality that we are used to seeing that is not literally through our eyes that it's looking at a screen is always filtered through a camera. And so it makes sense that games would use camera esque things to represent that reality, even if it is not exactly our reality that does, that changes a little bit. If you're playing something in like VR, which is, you know, arguably so close to seeing, maybe it should be different, but I always, I mean, like I always really like kind of, faking physicalness in you know in game cinematography i think it i think it usually works and brings it closer there are certainly examples of things doing kind of too hardcore film grain or whatever but like in general i really like it and i do think that that this game does it exceptionally well doesn't it seem like the last of us like, when you're playing that game and it goes into a cutscene, there should just be, like, a, a noisy film grain over it just to, like, fit the vibe of that game. Like, it always bothers me that the cutscenes just look so crystal clear. It's like, come on. Come on. Add a little shittiness. I mean, it's interesting that you you bring that up because it's, like, one of Naughty Dog's th- things, you know, is, like, they want the gameplay and the cutscene to to be as close to each other as they possibly can and like they talk about they talk about all the time like oh my god we're so glad that like you don't have that split second cut to black before a pre-rendered cutscene starts which like as a player i don't really care you know it's i that's never like bothered me too much but it clearly bothers them a lot because they like bring it up frequently and so it's interesting that you're saying Basically, you want the opposite. You want, like, a a larger separation between gameplay and cutscene. But no, 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 no. Like, in Hellblade, there's no separation between gameplay and cutscene. And as you go into cutscene, it will, like, it will uh, sneakily add that... It'll grain it up? Yeah, it'll sneakily add that grain. And I never, like, noticed... It never felt like it was, like, a switch. You know what I'm saying? It just felt like, oh, here it is. Like, it happened. And I didn't really notice. It never, like... It never took me out of it. It only added to how into the game I was. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, Red Red Dead did the thing where it just slid black bars onto the screen, which was definitely more right. <laughs> more distracting. But anyway, um, that, now that I've said this, a million people are going to write in and be like, actually, there's film grain in all these AAA games. But I don't know. I don't think there is. I'd like to see it. I happen. mean, I, I think it, look, it adds It adds to the the presentational aspect of this game which we've already talked about so much just being so fucking strong that it's just it 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 is like the and i think the other thing the other thing that like shit on the camera does you know whether it's film grain or lens flare or whatever is like the 
the thing that our eyes do, which is like when an image is partially obscured, we will fill in the gaps with the most realistic version yeah. of that. You know, so it's why it's one of the reasons why like when whenever have you seen have you seen those like GTA mods? that look like you know they're like real enb whatever yeah. like we we made it look perfect they're always taking pictures like when it's rainy you know and everything's kind of shiny and reflective and like part of it is like it being reflective covers up the like this is maybe not a perfect example of things but it's like light when it's rainy is kind of more obvious and more bouncy when light when everything is dry is like much more subtle in the yeah. way that it moves around and so we can more easily tell that the game isn't doing it whereas when everything's wet we're like damn i don't know this looks pretty much perfect like because the light's bouncing around and i know that rain does that for real and and similarly when this is like when they're covering up the camera with like mud and film grain and stuff we are interpreting the image to be like even more real looking because we're filling in the parts that it's like not yeah. showing us. I always think it's the this the total aside. I'm sorry, but like in those GTA mod videos, I always think it's funny that the telltale sign of like, oh, this isn't real is like you look at the trees and it's like, yeah, they're not gonna model, you know, a thousand leaves per tree or whatever. Yeah. It's like, or the animation quality of the uh, pedestrians is like, oh, they they didn't fix ten year old animations. Animation is totally it is always the thing you know and this has kind of been my position on like photorealism as a whole is like we can we're now at the point where you can photogrammetry a rock and put that rock in the game and it looks goddamn perfect it looks exactly like a rock but like you can't you cannot motion capture to the same perfect extent a person walking down a street as you yeah. can, like, photograph that rock. And so, yeah, in those GTA videos, they're always in a car because, like, a car doesn't have to animate realistically. You know, like, a car just moves forward and you don't notice the weird ways it, like, swings its arms. Um, and, again, credit to this game, they've only got one person. Uh, she animates pretty dang well. Can I posit a thought? experiment to kick yes. start the episode 15 minutes in yeah i'll cut the i'll cut the rest of that this is where we're starting welcome to something <laughs> ryan what's up uh this is easily one of the coolest games of the ps4 generation as far as i'm concerned mm -hmm. we can debate the merits of that later uh but this game fucking sucks jacob <laughs> i really really like this game a lot i mm -hmm. every almost every moment i played it i was not having fun except for two levels that we played this section I, and i think i think i know what those are going to be we'll talk about them this had the most highs now that i'm thinking about it because the, the, like three levels because the ending of this game goes so hard uh, uh -huh. but man i just like and it, it's one of those things where it's like i come out overall positive but also it's like i really hope i never have to play this game a third time cuz no i mean i i think you know and it it is this constant like well isn't that the point you know like that's yeah. that's the question is like could could you make a game that feels as cool you know that that is like doing the thing that it's trying to as effectively that does not have the like 
wild friction of this game of yeah. like the actual act of playing it. And I think the answer is yes. I think there are definitely parts here that could be smoothed out uh, without uh, without kind of diminishing the point. But I I think it's generally like a good thing that you finish this and you're like, I really kind of like that I played that. Yeah. I don't want to play it uh, again. Well, I, so I was thinking about this a lot last night is like, you know, what's the version of this game that I like better? Or is this the point that I'm not – because, you know – the thing I'm have uh, I, I really just started to wear me down, outside of extreme examples, which we can talk about, are the uh, searching for runes. Yep. Which I understand is like the pattern recognition of psychosis. Like I think that's a really cool concept. And where I butt up against that idea, you know, is like almost like anti gameplay things like that. Is like uh, it does make for a dull experience, which I don't think was the point. I think they were not trying to have the player be bored. And ultimately, that is really boring puzzle design. Um, and I think, unfortunately, when you're controlling the game, that is so much of it mm -hmm. that almost the baseline of this game is this is boring, you know? Yeah, it because it's it's like the the pattern recognition stuff in itself is not the problem. It is like being presented with a very video gamey yeah. puzzle to you know where it's it's like a section where it's like okay, I can see that I have to light a torch up there to cast a shadow to see the puzzle. How do I get to that torch? And yeah. it's like that doesn't feel like it is a representation of any inner turmoil. It just feels like okay, this is, like, video game level design 101, and it's, like, not being communicated in the most clear way. Yeah, and on the other hand, and unfortunately this is some, often few and far between in this game, when it does something different with its levels and, you know, therefore, or by extension, like, what it's, how it's trying to communicate psychosis, like, it's awesome. There's a yeah yeah yeah. There's a level in this game where you are effectively blind. You can kind of see the outlines of the world around you. I'm very. I'm glad you're bringing this up, yeah. dude. And you have to rely on, you know, you have a little bit of sight, but you mainly have to rely on hearing. And going into this game yesterday, I was like, I don't really want to play with headphones this time i just just kind of want to get through it and then i hit this level and i was like oh my god and i ran and grabbed my headphones and put them on and it was so fucking cool like using the like um the uh 3d anyway um the levels like that are awesome like what a mm -hmm. good idea that was like just having to like you know I, almost like you could close your eyes and play that level which maybe you yeah. could i didn't even try what was that like in vr uh Good question. Um, so, so the the cool thing about VR, uh, one of the many cool things, is that uh, normal games cannot do dark the way that VR does dark, mm. um, because like it takes up your whole field of vision. Yeah, yeah. And so, looking around and only seeing like you know little pinpricks of light in different places is incredibly cool. Uh, this this was also one of one of my favorite sections of the whole game, and what I what what truly just delighted me in this kind of horrifying way is 
you get to sections where there are like monsters in the darkness and and especially this is true in the, the flat screen version as well but especially in vr you were catching just like the barest glimpses of like their silhouettes and you can just make out like I don't know what the fuck that Dude, is, but yeah. it is not, like, human. Like, again, your brain filling in the space. It's like you see, like, I don't know, four legs and, like, a lumpy mass. And you're like, oh, God, there's some Junji Ito shit in here with me. And it is, like, really effectively scary in this kind of, like great 13 person development team like i don't know how that thing would look if you turned on the lights my guess is like not great but yeah. because you only see these tiny bits of it it really feels like you're locked in there with something just terrifying and you know what like is incredibly smart that they do is they do not make it a series of trial and errors with these monsters like mm-hmm. you feel like you're barely getting by but if i had to guess it is incredible an incredibly easy level to get around all the monsters in this. Yeah. Like, and, and by extension, it actually keeps the tension up, you know, because you don't have the, like, release and frustration of failure. Yeah. You're basically like, oh, my God, they're going to get me. They're going to get me. And only by the end, I was like, they're probably never going to get me. There's no reason. It was too easy for me to get around them. But, like, mm-hmm. this level is a fucking barn burner. And uh, it was the last one I did of the Trials of Odin, which came as a nice cherry on top of just a series of bad levels. Yeah, so so the place the place that the game starts after we left off last time is is uh Senua has been uh she's been attacked by Hela the giant, her sword broke, she kind of wanders to this big tree um and and then you find this like sword stuck in the the heart of the tree and in order to pull it out, you have to just do four levels uh and and you can kind of do them in any order and they do you know each one is kind of like a different gameplay style and is revealing something about Senwa's backstory like they're each kind of tied into you know one one aspect a lot to do with her dad here um I will say this section made me uh really appreciate the combat as like a pace breaker because it is it's four levels and they are different but since you don't have a sword they are all just kind of navigational and by the end of that i was like damn i really i want to like fight some things because it's been so long since i've had a sword and then you do and we will talk about that Um, but um on the other hand i did respect the game kind of going an hour and a half without combat you don't see that a lot no i I, hey again the like it's meant to be unpleasant i think it i think it worked generally like i do think it was a a cool choice design wise it would have been cooler if some of these trials were not as yeah just kind of time consuming a lot a lot of them listener are just hey go around looking for the runes but then there's one where you have to run through a maze from a a, there's one that's very like evil within where it's like there's there's kind of an invincible boss thing that you can't even look at yeah you have to go through a maze and and find these three sigils which are easier to find but you're being pursued by something and i i like it as a different thing that the game is doing but it 
it's 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 unlike the stealth blind section uh it is quite easy to fail at least i found Mm -hmm. and so it means you're just doing it several times and then the tension is kind of gone and you're just annoyed yeah i was really annoyed by this section i thought they put out a dud here um though i did look it up online because i was like for th- i didn't i didn't spend too much time on it luckily i got through it but i looked it up after a couple times to be like is there a path i should be taking there's certainly not you just kind of have to wing it no and i yeah. read the, the, the speed runners of hellblade sin <laughs> yeah. sacrifice have it down to a science <laughs> <laughs> I wish they would have given that to me. But I did Imagine look at Imagine speed running this game. I did look at the comments and this is like a notoriously hated level, which I thought was funny. Like some people were like, Oh my god, this took me hours, which, you know, shouts out to them. Hope they got through it. Yeah, so there's that part. There's one in a tower where you're switching back and forth between kind of like a past version that's like golden and idyllic. And a present version that's kind of rainy and decayed. Very cool visually. It is just another hunt of the dang uh, sigils puzzle. So hard to do. Uh, Though there is a thing that happens in in this level and some other ones that I kind of want to talk about. Which is this really interesting thing where Senua's mom will appear in like... There will be like architectural details in the world that kind of look like a face and if you focus on them then you will see her mom and she'll start talking uh and this level just had you know like one of those that was memorable for whatever reason and i do like i like those bits i think it's i think it's really cool and also that the story of her mom in this game is uh very interesting and so i liked liked hearing from her let's talk about the story for a bit we didn't talk about it too much first episode but i think it is part of like in the first half of this game it's all just a little not confusing but like intentionally muddied in terms of like what's going on yeah and things get clear by the second half i'm still not entirely sure the all the ins and outs of this game story because it's telling like three parallel stories out of order all at the same Mm -hmm. time but like the the mom and dad stuff Ultimately, like, I think the game sneakily makes it its biggest story. Like, it doesn't seem that way at first. And by the end, you're like, oh, this was a story of a family. And it, like, was masking yeah, itself. Yeah, it definitely, it definitely has the most kind of, like, movement from beginning yeah. to end. You know, in, like, how many, how many times you reframe it. So, like, the very basic version is, like, Senua's mom had a similar like you know clearly heard voices had something similar to Senua going on talked to her about it was seemingly a pretty positive influence in her life you know was saying like hey it's okay you're seeing the world differently than other people you know that doesn't that doesn't mean that you're uh terrible or cursed or whatever uh her dad on the other hand uh did not see it that way uh yeah dad just hyper abusive including but not limited to locking Senua in a deep, dark hole. Mm-hmm. I, I assume Beater and did other all, all manner of things. This game just kind of, like, gives you a laundry list of awful things that this man did. It's hard to keep track. Yeah, and, and we find out at the end. And so one of one of the aspects is uh, Senua 
blames herself mm -hmm. for her mom's death in this kind of abstract way at the beginning where we don't know what happened it just Senua just blames herself uh and then we find out at the end that uh she should not have and in fact her dad uh burned her mom in essentially like a witch burning yeah. like her her dad is and and this is this is actually something that i want to talk about more but like her dad is this kind of religious zealot and and sees their both both Senua's mom and Senua's uh, psychosis as essentially some sort of devil. You know, it's not yeah. it's not said in like Christianity terms, but it's referred to as the darkness. Uh, and and that is Senua. I think got that framing essentially from her dad. Is you know th this kind of this interesting conversation the game is having where it's like you know her her psychosis is not did not start when she like was traumatized but this kind of different way of seeing the world she had was made into something that she like hated and feared because her dad told her so much like you're fucked up for seeing the yeah. world this way you know like your your head is is a corrupting influence on you. What did you think the, like, I guess to, to, to boil it, the question down to its simplest form, what did you think the point of the story was? I understand, like, it's an, it acts as an empathy machine for, you know, mental health struggles. It also seems to be an exploration of how uh, people with psychosis might have been treated in ancient Norse times. But, like, what is it a vehicle for? for like because it's 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 exploring this narrative arc of like how sinew is treated by the world around her and mm -hmm. it's like i don't understand what the analogy is for it's like okay is that just supposed to make me think about how people in 2017 when the game was released were you know people with mental health issues were treated then or how people with mental health issues treat themselves like i i really struggled to kind of piece together all the disparate parts of the story to figure out, like, is there one cohesive, like, vision for what this game's telling me? Does that make sense? Yeah, I think, um, yeah, I think the kind of, the boring version of this game is just, you know, kind of like, what if you were on a quest and you had psychosis, yeah. <laughs> you know, how would that make it different from a regular video game quest? I think that's, that's certainly underselling what the game is doing, and I think if I had to, like, you know, if I had to boil it down, it would essentially be that the problem is not hearing voices. The problem is not kind of like having having this altered perception of the world. It is being othered uh, for feeling like sure, you know, like yeah. you you get the sense and and uh, Dillian, who's like the most positive you know influence in in Senua's life, other than her mom, has several lines that are like you know essentially saying like i i don't love you despite these things you know like i don't think you would be a better person if you did not experience the world in this way and so you know i think i think a lot of it when she kind of like at the end she she lets go of some of them you know she kind of like like temporarily gets rid of the furies or whatever and I think we're supposed to see that as, like, not, like, she is overcoming her psychosis, but more, like, she's able to separate 
the voices in her head that are uh, simply, like, part of her, and the voices in her head that are, like, her dad's corrupting influence on her view of herself. Does that make, does that work? I think so. I kind of, like, I struggled to piece it together. I don't know, because it, like, it didn't seem like a game solely interested in, like, hey, have you ever considered people with mental health problems? are people too like nice core type games you know like like Mm -hmm. to do where it's like okay i get it you know i climbed the mountain and that's what anxiety's like cool hey a short hike is a great game i was making fun of celeste Uh, a a game i I love i love celeste also came out in 2017 but come on i get it she climbed the she climbed the mountain great stuff good good story there uh it seemed like this game has bigger narrative aspirations i just maybe didn't piece the puzzle together you know like what Mm -hmm. other than like hey here here's here's some things to make you empathize with the character i guess i just like it didn't land i when i say it didn't land with me i i don't mean an effectiveness it just like for whatever reason i didn't seem to pick up on a larger message i mean i do i do think that actually a a part of it is this kind of like you know i think i think that even removed it is it is hard to imagine what this story looks like if you remove the psychosis um but like at the like the final cutscene i found quite moving yeah and the parts that i found moving were not oh wow she overcame psychosis yeah, yeah it it is you know just this this very human moment of like accepting loss and whatever and so i think you know i i, I think it is in part the like relatability you know kind of like y- you can experience the same emotions as her you are not that different even though the you know she is seeing the world in a kind of a radically different way um you know but i i, I think I think that some of it is simply like let's explore let let's explore this world that we never see in a way that can be done arguably more effective through games than than other mediums and I think you know generally good I I, I it's I agree with you that it's it's hard to have like one takeaway from this but I also think that maybe if there was that one takeaway it would read as more cheesy sure absolutely so we we do the trials of Odin and then we go uh Jacob you know let me know if I'm overstepping with this uh one of the best depictions of hell in a video game fuck yeah absolutely oh my god dude coming so i played the blind level and this back to back because you can do the odin trials in any order i'm pretty sure and it just happened that Mm -hmm. i played these this level that level right before hell and i was like man this game has flipped a switch it's going it's go we're in the cool zone for the rest of the runtime was not true but you were in the cool zone for a while (laughs) <laughs> this the this was the highlight of the game until the final level. Um, you end up in is it? Uh, help me out. No, River Styx is Greek mythology, right? I mean, is this? It is Hel- it, Helheim. It is Hell, or it is Hell. 
they say the, well no 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 it's it's the sea of corpses which is on the way to hell i think slightly different because uh... hell is more like hell hellheim i think oh, is actually inside the big structure yeah and isn't hellheim frozen actually or am I, is that just God I, of I War? Don't, I don't know how much of this is just God of War and how much, but, but I think, I mean, I think this is actually, it is slightly different than hell because this is a relatively Christian vision of hell. Mm -hmm. Whereas I think Helheim in Norse mythology is more like Hades in Greek mythology where it's like, it's not actually a place of eternal suffering. Yeah. It's just like where dead people go. Um, but the Sea of Corpses is uh, fucking Suffer Central. Dude, it is Suffering 101. You end up in this giant river of blood, which looks like tomato soup. The forbidden soup, as I was say calling it to myself <laughs> uh -huh. while I was in there. As these burnt corpses of varying sizes, which I thought was cool. There's like normal human size, and then some just are like giants are just reaching out at you and screaming. And it, the sky yeah. is red and orange and on fire. It, it is fucking nuts. It is the coolest maybe anything has ever looked in a big budget video game. I was losing my it is, mind. It is really, really cool. And it is one of these aspects of like this game has been fairly grounded in its environments thus far. And so to go from like, okay, here's like a slightly altered village or here's mm -hmm. like a, you know, a cave that's a little different than reality to just like a, a fucking death metal cover, mm -hmm. you know, like <laughs> it is, it is wild. And if you were missing combat, here is a truly exhausting amount of it in a way that I also found very effective where i did truly i was like no there can't be more and then they kept throwing more at you uh yeah Dude, it rocks i like the combat in this game i think it's mm -hmm. like it's it's but simple but i think it is so fun like it has such a a weight to it the animation the 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 combat animations are out of fucking control in this game yeah like i love it is there anything special about it in vr no, not okay. not at all. It, you know, it is it is very similar. You can, you know, if you wanted, you could like look behind you uh, in a way that you kind of couldn't in the game. But it's uh, well, it's the same. You shouldn't be able to look behind you. You got to listen for the voices. Yeah, well, I did because <laughs> it's still hard to like turn your head 180 yeah. degrees. Um, no, it's it's exactly the same, uh, and I think it's great. You know, they mm -hmm. have they have just that like extraordinarily satisfying parry yep. you know when it like slows down and does the big flash and and being able to slow things down with your mirror is really good and it, it does feel like in general the enemies are tuned so that like they're not hard individually but there are combinations of them that you can get overwhelmed by yeah um especially you know here i mean they're basically like four kinds of enemies there's like sword dude there's shield guy there's kind of a version of the raven from the earlier uh fight that can like throw things and and run at you and then there's like big guy and that's more or less it yeah but then throwing all four of those together you know at you makes you really have to kind of like consider things and like like swap between targets and and do all that sort of stuff yeah until you uh fill up your your super 
And then you release that, and you just become like a weed whacker out there, just vzz, taking them yeah. out. Vzz. Uh, yeah, this all fucking rocks, man. And you know, and then I, you're you were right. I was wrong. It's after this that we go to Hellheim, and you know, appropriate because I felt like I was in hell playing these fucking boring levels. Though I like, I liked some of, I like some of the stuff. I here's, here's something. Go ahead. I liked when the FMV would flash on screen when the monster chased you. That was the only part I liked in Hell. You know, that actually does not happen in VR. I remember really? it happening in in when I first played the game, like now that you say that. But no, I think maybe it would be too distracting ah. to have like a 2D image in front of a 3D environment yeah because uh, it, it would just kind of flash like red oh my god dude uh, there are parts in this next level where where a monster's chasing you and the, mm-hmm. the, the the screen starts distorting and going all crazy and like y- you see a lot of fmv in this game and cutscenes. i don't remember any other parts where those fmv faces start flashing during gameplay and taking over the screen it is so cool but walk us through the the hell section here Jake. i mean so basically you you get into this giant wooden like bird structure that you've been walking to for the whole game the whole ass game uh you're in there and then very quickly you're on a a bridge that collapses and you are okay but uh horrifyingly the head of Dillion, which you've been carrying for the whole game, like, bounces down into this deep-ass dungeon. And so it is, you know, I like the the character moment of, like, you look down there and you're like, that's that's the worst. I don't, that's a nightmare down there. I don't want (laughs) to go. But Senua decides, like, I'm doing this all to, you know, release Dillion from from wherever he's trapped or whatever so i guess i have to go down there and that was um, me bro that was me i'll tell you this right now i say i'm going home you know sorry Dillion. that's that's where you're hanging like out. A, a good a, a part of growing up is learning when to accept you're in the wrong and cinema has some growth to do if you ask me <laughs> <laughs> um and so you go down there, but it is a lot of just like shadow puzzles. Um, and there is there is this new gameplay element where if you are not in the light, there is just this kind of danger that will sneak up on you and eventually kill you. Uh, there's a very weird choice here, which is, when Senua gets killed by the darkness as opposed to, like, by an enemy, she screams in this way that, like, it it sounds like a Kane and Lynch 2. It's like... Oh, what, yeah. What is, it, what is it called when it, like, maxes out the, like, it, equalizer? It peaks. It's... Yeah, 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 yeah. Her screams really obviously like peaking in this way that it doesn't do in the rest of the game, and I, I just, I, I found it a, a, an interesting and kind of I, I couldn't figure yeah. out why they chose that. There's a heavy distortion on her voice, which is like mimicking peaking because I think I don't think it's mm-hmm. actually peaking because that would probably sound unusable. <laughs> but like yeah. it, it does do so. Like, but to your point, it's doing more digital manipulation of sound in here. There's actually yeah. and in more artificial sounding sounds like the mm-hmm. the the combi Christ 
uh, guy who we'll talk about later is my nemesis. Uh, uh-huh. He does the soundtrack for this, and he is actually there's a song in the Helheim section where he is doing uh, distorted vocals, which is effectively screaming, which, yeah, granted, is a natural thing that he produces with his body, but it is very unnatural sounding and very weird in this game when I notice there's, like, these uh, distorted screams in the back of a song with, like, all this kind of reverb and echo on it that's, like, it's 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 sonically very different in these sections. Um, yeah. But also, I feel like this is where a lot of the, like, uh, probably shot-on-video inspirations are coming from, where it does have kind of a Kane and Lynch feel sometimes, and the way the, like, camera will distort or some of the effects. Like, it it seems like they are pulling from more digital influences here in these sections. Yes, which I is, agree. Which is very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting. The levels are not. No, uh, bad generally. boss fight here. No, oh, <laughs> how dare you! It sucks, I dude. no. This is this is my I think favorite combat section of the game. Ah. You know it. So so at the you get you find all the sigils. You go down to the bottom. You get Dillian's head, and then there is the giant dog, uh, Garm. I think sure. uh, from from Norse mythology, Garm, uh, and and it's a boss fight. And personally, I think it fucks. Uh, what, did, what did you not like about it? Uh, I don't know. I just didn't find... I, I'm not a pervert like you, so I don't like pervert stuff like this. Like this big dog I have to beat up, you weirdo. No, um, honestly, I think like... I think just I was... Uh, this sucks. I, well, I almost said this is no fault of the game, but it is 100% the fault of the game. Like, the, the Helheim section just, like, checked me out so much. Like, uh-huh. I was just kind of over it. That Then having to learn this boss who's, like, in the shadows and turning the lights off. It's like, that could have been cool if the lead-up to it was not so, like, exhausting, you know? Sure. That I think I was just a little too checked out to be, like, willing to kind of, like mentally buy into this boss and like uh-huh. want to engage with it and like luckily the game brought me back by the end but i was kind of not here for this boss uh i so so uh i was i was a big fan uh this is a part where vr really uh really paid off really oh, shown sure. because it's like in vr things feel more realistically scaled yeah uh, and so i basically what it felt like was not a dog i felt like i was fighting like that big boar from Princess Mononoke, essentially, <laughs> yeah. because it's like, it is, it's, it, its face is all fucked up, and I think it actually, like, decays further throughout the fight. Like, I think oh. it has, like, subtle model changes. I could be wrong about this, but it felt like, as I fought it, it got more kind of, like, flesh strips hanging off of it or whatever, and then the idea of it doing flashing lighting and like disappearing and coming in from other places just really work in vr when you're when you're like fully in this and it felt you know i felt like i was like oh my god i'm doing like a monster hunter uh here because it just felt so big and intimidating that i was really really in on it i really like the the part of the boss fight where the lights go off and you have to use sound to figure out where he's going to jump out at that Uh was really cool um 
Yeah, I, I wish I was more into this boss. It just, it, it wasn't, it, not the right time or place for this one for me after coming out of yeah. those, that like incredibly monotonous hell section. But what can you do? Fortunately, it it does not make you climb all the way back up, which yeah. I was very grateful yeah. for. <laughs> which a lot of, which is actually rare for this game, which does make you go walk all the way back through some levels after finishing them. Kind of like uh-huh. Hotline Miami style, but not nearly as effective. Yeah, like, uh, here <laughs> it, it is again. It doesn't quite feel like it's serving a point other than like a little bit more time for for VO. Yeah, lots of VO because there's so many damn voices the whole game. That's right. Um, but then you like this last part? Uh, yeah, uh, the last, very last part where you enter the chamber with Hella is where I was like. Okay, so not the part before that where you have to like do the bridges. Like you have to like align the no. the, the bridge <laughs> um this is another it's another puzzle that the game probably doesn't need there are two things that i like about it one uh the lore stones that are kind of present throughout the game um uh druth starts talking about ragnarok and it's just like very cool writing uh kind of indicating you're near the end of the game is just just druth describing like what's going to happen in the apocalypse uh, which I thought was cool. And then I just like the amount of combat that is pouring in makes it feel more mm. and more desperate. And so yeah. like at the end of this, you know, you're you're crossing this bridge that you've pieced together and there are like a bunch of guys. And I very much felt aligned with Senua in that I was like, just fucking let me through. Like, come on, I'm so close. Yeah. Wait, well, the, the best combat section of the game is in the next room with hell hella yeah so before you get there 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 are kind of there are a couple big important cutscenes. Mm. um there's this one where here's a part that i want to ask you what you made of it um this thing where there is like a full mirror that senua walks up to and then like a version of herself walks out and she has a conversation with herself i mean i i I took it as like the 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 kind of starting point of her moving on you know which we see by the end of the game like kind of a literal leaving the old her behind but like Mm -hmm. i also i don't know if what the mirror serves if that was just the easiest way for them to like visually translate that to the player but like that's what i took it as it's just like oh here's Here's old Senua, you know, uh, time to leave the old me, Bugs Bunny said. But, like, I, I, I don't know exactly. <laughs> no, that, sorry, Bugs Bunny is going back to the old me. No, 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 he's changed a new leaf. Time to leave the old me. Um, <laughs> okay. It wasn't the best joke, but it was the one I had in the moment. Um, but, yeah, I guess I don't understand the mirror other than just, like, we need Senua to look at herself. Yeah, I feel like... You know, and it's it's not necessarily this game's fault, although they have worked with Andy Serkis a lot. But you know that scene in Lord of the Rings where no. Gollum is... Are you not a Lord of the Rings boy? Okay, well, there is this, this famous scene where Andy Serkis as Gollum is talking to himself in a reflection like in a in a pond and and the two different golems are exhibiting very different you know he's Gollum and Smeagol one of them is kind of uh mean and he's like steal the ring and then the other one's like nice and it's it's a great scene individually I think it is kind of 
people have this picture of like schizophrenia that's like nice Gollum and mean Gollum talking to each other in a reflection and this felt a little on the nose in terms of just like I'm talking but the other question I have is like what exactly is she leaving behind because it's not her psychosis yeah well you know it's not she's not like leaving her mental illness behind I think it's leaving the version of her behind that the version of her who is not in control. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I guess speaking as an addict, like, there's no universe where I'm not an alcoholic. Like, from the cradle to the grave, that's just me. But, like, right. I don't drink anymore. And I haven't for, you know, however many years now. So, like, I am in some way in control of that. There is an old me who is not in control of that. And there is a new me who is, you know, every day working to stay in control of that. And I think that is the version Sinew was leaving because like it it, it would be narratively irresponsible for this game to be like, she's leaving her, her, her mental illness behind. Cause that's just not how it works. You live with your mental illness and that is part of the journey of mental health. And I think that is what it's saying is like, she is leaving the part of her that is, you know, I don't know if this is the right word, but like a victim of her mental health. You know, she is learning mm-hmm. to be the one in control of herself, not the, the, you know, this thing that she was born with. She's going to learn to live with it, not like live behind it. I, I think that's a great, I'm, look, I'm fully satisfied with that answer. Um, Here to serve. <laughs> then <laughs> you have, you have another part that I, I'm assuming uh, neither of us 100%ed this game by finding no. all the, uh, the lore stones, but there is, I looked up, there is this interesting extra scene right before the end where if you found all of them, Druth shows up, who is this guy who's, you know, he was like, he was a slave of the Northmen. He's been telling you all the lore, uh, blah, blah, blah. He gives you kind of an interesting speech where he says, you know, when I was originally, like, the Northmen took me in because I was smart and I spoke a lot of languages, and I thought originally that I would be able to stop them from uh, torturing, pillaging, you know, raising villages to the ground, Uh, and then they tortured me, and then I didn't even make an attempt to do that. And so it is kind of him him looking at his own kind of like collaboration in the atrocities that uh, that they brought forth, which is uh, interesting. But then he says, uh, I was not the one that told them about your village. There was a different guy, a, a man in black who mm. came and he told them, and we are to understand that that is Senua's dad. So, in fact, it's it, it it's him who who kind of like caused the the murder of everyone and all that shit. You see the man in black several times, especially by the end of this game, and like that's who I took it to be was her dad. No, that's we definitely know that. What oh. we didn't know is that he's oh, oh, the oh. one who he was like an informant. Like I he see. told the Northmen, "Hey, go here and fuck everything up." And I so see. that's this new twist. But then, yeah, you walk through the door. And then shit gets uh, wild. Hell is chilling there, looking like a million bucks. Shots out, you know, <laughs> bang, bang my line. Hello, what's up? Um, this section's so cool. It feels like half the game's budget is in this section. And you just are basically got to run from point A to point B. Hella makes it 
difficult. She's blowing up bridges that you got to run past. And then you end up in the final combat section, which is so cool. You can fight it, as far as I know, as long as you want until you either choose to die or the game kills you. I think the right way to play this is choose when you die because the, the voices change here. So basically, like, literally all it is is you just got to run to Hella. Um, well, I mean, there are some mandatory combat things. You fight, right. like, all the bosses again. Um, yeah. But when you get to this but, final one, mm-hmm. you notice the voices change. They are less frequent, but they're also, like, cooperating with Senua. They have a softer tone. They, they're, they're effectively helping you. Um, I mean, actually, this is here. Wait, let's go go back to the mirror for just one second, because one thing that she does leave behind there is like the Furies. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those specific voices. And and there's this interesting moment where they're like, wait, if you die, we die. We don't want to die. You know, even if you want to die, we don't want to die. And she kind of leaves them behind. And so then in this new combat encounter, you are not with, like, the three women who have been kind of yeah. voicing all your doubts throughout the game. You have a different one. Yeah, and they're, like, it's helping you. And it's it's uh, nice and relaxing, this section, despite how hectic it is. Um, the song from the reveal trailer is in here, which is a cool, like, callback. Um, yeah. Which is just like uh, a sonically a very different sounding song than the rest of the soundtrack. Um, and you have this voice and over time it starts telling Sinua to let go. Because mm-hmm. it's like, it's effectively like, hey, it's, it's, it's time to wrap this up. And I think that's why like when you play this section, like don't let it overwhelm you and kill you. Like choose the moment. You're like, all right. And then the enemies will kill you, and then the end of the game happens. But I think it's so cool. And I think you do, yeah, you do kind of have to, uh, you have to choose, because I think in this last section, you know, Senua gets in the state in combat where she's, like, downed, and then you can kind of mash the button, and she'll get back up. Yeah. And I think that in this section, you can almost always mash to get back up. Oh, okay, And so you do... You know, you you do eventually have to make that choice, whether it is through acceptance or just like exhaustion. But like eventually, yeah, you you let yourself be killed. I kind of wish I kind of wish that wasn't there. It'd be uh, like that. You always have the opportunity to get back up. Like I wish. hmm, I I mean, and maybe I'm wrong or maybe it gets like you. But now that I'm quickly enough. But now that I'm thinking about it, it feels like you would be right because I feel like I got knocked down like 15 times in this section and always yeah. was able to get back up until no, but finally. I think, I think that's interesting, you know, because you got to make the choice. Whereas I, if you were just killed in combat, it might feel less yeah, impactful. I guess that's a good point. Yeah, no, you're right. I'm wrong. It is better that way. But either way, I got to choose when I was done. Well, not yep. either way. To your point, I chose uh-huh. when I was done and it felt very cool to just be like, okay. I'm ready. Like, let's do it. Like it was, it was a very effective moment for me to be like, let's go. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not giving up, but I, I'm ready to lay, lay my arms down. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And then, and so then you have this very, like a big, I mean, the gameplay part of the game is done. You know, you're, the rest of it is just watching a cutscene. Um, But you have, you have Hela, who is this, I mean, incredible design, like one, 
one side is kind of like carved out of marble with like runes in it and the other also kind of looks like marble but is like super burned and corrupted and is very much i mean i would imagine it is it is um the same woman who did senua like mocapping hella you know they oh, yeah, like yeah, their yeah. bodies look the same and whatever but also like hella starts out huge and then she kind of gets smaller throughout yeah. the scene until she's like i mean in this last part she's like bigger than senua but not 40 feet tall she's like seven feet tall and and there's this scene where she eventually essentially tells her like your quest is in vain or whatever like you can't bring dillian back you know what whatever whatever you hoped to do here it's not gonna happen and uh and zenua has this very i i i wondered if you picked up on this or if if it was intentional but it feels to me like she very clearly kind of speed runs the stages of grief <laughs> where she does she does a kind of little like anger denial bargaining yeah uh, whatever and it's and, and it <laughs> there's there's that scene in the simpsons where homer goes through all of them in like yeah. two seconds which is yeah. very funny it didn't feel like that it felt genuine but it is it it is this very like for for all her uh performance in this game she does uh, like Senua doesn't talk very much at all and she certainly doesn't have kind of extended monologues and so this is like maybe her only big like i am performing a a a spoken you know monologue for like a long time in this game and i think this is actress melina Jurgens. like i i like her a lot it's it's clear in a lot of the game she has never acted before um mm -hmm. this but this is like the one part where this like this is a really good performance like she's oh yeah she fucking nails it her all because like you know it's kind of like a, a Adam Driver and that um, marriage story scene. It's like people often mistake yelling as great acting. And it can be. It can be. But, like, mm -hmm. the range of emotion she shows here, the rate, like, the, the, the volume changes. She's whispering at parts. She's yelling at parts. Like, this is a really, really great moment from her that, like, uh, is not, unfortunately, present in a lot of the other moments. Granted, Sinua doesn't talk in a ton of the game but also when she is talking she's kind of yelling the whole time that yeah. this was like an incredibly effective moment from mm -hmm. homegirl melina friend of the show yes <laughs> um yeah and and then uh you know she basically tells hella you know like uh fuck you i'm done with this and and hella picks her up and stabs her with with her own sword Hell yeah. uh and it's this very um i mean so then yeah so so she gets stabbed. She she appears to die. Um, Asen was at her most fucked up looking at this point. Like she is just it's... oh, and, and and the rot has spread, you know, to her yeah. whole body. You know, like it's it's really it's taken over part of her face and whatever. And so it's this ultra close up, and it um it zooms in on her, uh, and then it kind of zooms out, and we get this uh this really nice monologue by dillian who is kind of like mirrored uh lying like her upside down it feels a little the fmv stuff feels cheaper than the rest of the game i will say it's like the 
the actors that they got and like the costumes that they're wearing are not as high quality as Senua in game graphics, who is like one of the best looking game characters ever. Yeah. And so Dillian lying shirtless here looks a little like a Norse pinup model. You know, he look <laughs> he looks like he's doing like the the firefighters calendar yeah. you know because yeah. he's like he's like a good looking shirtless guy but it just feels a little corny he's got, got a bagged head over his crotch area <laughs> yeah. be really good yeah good stuff um but uh then so so then what happens is is it fades the kind of like illusion of this giant hella's throne room fades and we find that we are in the top of the bird uh that we've been looking at the whole game which is one just super cool to be yep. in the top of that bird. Um and and Hella stands up from from Senua's corpse, picks up the head and like you know, drops it off the side in a very like I am letting you go. I am I am accepting this or whatever. And the camera pans down and it pans back up and and, and now it is Senua who has let the bag go and hella who's lying dead uh behind her uh and i uh this really got me how how do you feel about it that was great really good moment i love the ending of this game um i thought it was good to let cinema have a happy ending you know i think that's that's what i was that's what you know because it like it would have worked for Senua to die at the end like thematically it wouldn't have been out of nowhere um yeah but it just you know it is it is so moving I think to see maybe the the point in her life that she's always imagined would happen which is like she gets up here Dillian can't come back and she like kills herself yeah you know is is like you imagine in Senua's head She's always been like, well, that's probably what's going to happen. And so for then us to kind of see that, but but realize that like that's not actually where she ends, I think is this, you know, it, it is the kind of overcoming the part of her mental illness that wants to kill her, even though she is not then like free of psychosis, but yeah. she's like deciding to live, which which I think is a yeah a really a really powerful thing and then she sets up a sequel which i totally forgot about i completely (laughs) forgot about that that she looks at the camera and she says like my story isn't over yeah check it out game awards uh, 2019 you'll see me again what's up it's crazy (laughs) she said that verbatim yeah she said i'll see you with jeff Keeley." yeah and you know what jacob great ending to this game uh immediately gut punched by Yep, you guessed it, folks. The worst song I have ever heard in my entire... <laughs> I'm not even being... I'm not even Please hyperbolizing. don't go. I oh my want God. you to stay. I woke up this morning and the song was stuck in my head. Like, the first thing in my head this morning was this. Jacob, I cannot explain to you how irrationally angry I got listening to the song. And I listened to the whole thing because I was like, there's no way this is real. I am hallucinating. Uh, I sent myself an e- emails about this song so I could remember because I didn't want to. Usually, if I want to talk about Southern Listener, I put it in our Discord chat so I see it when I log in to d- record. But I didn't want to spoil it, so I had to email myself and hope I remembered. I just wrote 
No punctuation, of course, uh, except for changing to all caps sometimes. Oh my god, the closing credit song is the worst thing I've ever heard. It doesn't fucking rhyme. Is this the fucking combi Christ? I swear to god, he's my enemy. Um, okay, so I want to talk about this. The, the song plays, it's just this like, oh, I, I sent myself a second email. Uh, love that this high concept <laughs> experimental game with all caps something interesting to say ends with a fucking royalty free <laughs> sounding ass nice core song. It's so it's, yeah, it, it it makes the game feel so much less subtle. Yes. You know, it's like it is so on the nose that it makes you wonder if the rest of the game is actually much dumber than you thought. <laughs> yeah, so it is it is like it literally sounds like it's not it's part of the ost but it sounds like a royalty free song you would hear in terms of just like that level of vapid positivity that some of those songs have Mm -hmm. but the thing that really drives me crazy about this song is it does not rhyme at all and this is something you hear in creative writing 101 courses or like early music songwriting classes where it's like you know songs don't have to rhyme and technically that is true you know what makes for bad songwriting jacob songs without rhyme structures well it's it's like it's written like free verse poetry but the lyrics are so bad that it doesn't make up for not rhyming with anything yeah you know it's like it's not doing anything with its like structureless whatever Yeah, yeah 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 uh like and also, what's weird about the song is it has a verse, chorus, verse, chorus. So, like, yeah. the way the way songs work is repetition. Repetition sounds good to the ear. I'm explaining the basic fundamentals of music writing. Uh, to make a song without repeating parts requires such a high level of, like, musical mastery to make for a good song. Or, in the case of a lot of heavy bands... Uh, a lack of musical mastery masked by just like extremely obnoxiously heavy things that make the listener not need a hook because they're so anyway, neither here nor there. Uh, So the song has a standard musical structure, but it doesn't have a rhyme scheme. And then that is not alleviated by anything interesting to say. There's a, there's a line of the song, which I'm paraphrasing here. It's like, you know, everyone has bad days, but it's okay. You're human after all. Like, that is literally what you're getting from this song. And it is so bad. <laughs> it is such an unbelievably shitty song that completely cheapens the the whole cool, experimental, high-concept art game I just played to end on this thing I feel like I would hear in Sunday school in Kentucky. I was shocked that they put this here. And what's more? What's more? is when this song ends, they thought it was such a fucking exclamation point, they don't even put another song over the credits. The last half of the credits are completely silent. (laughs) They're like, that was it. We can't follow this up with any of the great songs from the OST that we have. These amazing, like, thematic, impressive songs we have that play over combat and exploration. We don't put those over the credits. Put this thing that they play in worship school for these fucking credits. I was furious. I was so upset that this is how this game ended. I, uh, I'm still fucking mad about it. I fully agree. I was thinking about we should make a tier list of songs that have ended something rotten games. Um, 
I think the oh best God. one might be the darkness one had like a pretty cool song i mean if you count oh yeah, yeah if yeah, you count yeah. health you know like like the 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 health song plays during max Payne three gameplay obviously that is the best one um but that's not in the credits uh i will say a, a different note that i made about the music is just before uh the credits roll the song playing I know you're not a Lord of the Rings boy now, but sounds very much like Into the West uh, from the Lord of the Rings soundtrack, which is a song that always does make me cry. Mm. And so I feel like the it's almost cheating a little bit, but I was like, am I just getting emotional because this sounds like <laughs> that Lord of the Rings song? Uh, I, no, I agree. The song sucks. After like really hating the music of Devil May Cry, but knowing that the the lead dude for i think it's the lead dude or one of the guys from combi christ was doing the music here like i thought the music in this game was awesome and i kind of felt bad for how hard i ragged on combi christ and i still kind of feel bad i shouldn't these are these are human beings i shouldn't be going this hard but in my humble opinion uh for all the good music he made for hellblade there's also some truly wretched music in here that i think was a I mean, Devil May Cry, it works because it's a dumb game. I think the closing credits of the song was a bad decision. Like, just yeah. sight unseen. Like, should not have put that song in there. I don't know why they did. It doesn't feel like... After every choice made in the game, that it's crazy to me that Ninja Theory was like, yeah, bro, that that's the fire. This, one. this is the one. I cannot believe it. Anyway, uh, can I tell you a really funny, completely unrelated thing about the VR of this game? Yeah. Um, so there is this option in the VR settings. You know, they have settings of do you want smooth turning or, you know, whatever. A lot of right. a lot of normal VR stuff. They have this thing that is labeled experimental world scale. And it is set at normal normally, which is, um, uh, you know, Senua looks about your mm. height as the player, you know, probably about the height that the actress is in real life uh then you can if you want you can set it to giant where suddenly everything in the world is like five times bigger and so you're like you're like craning your neck to look up at at senua and all the enemies and whatever and it's this very interesting experience where it almost feels like you're watching like mechs fight above you but then uh there is one that is called tabletop and what that does is shrinks everything down until Senua is, like, the size of an action figure. And you're just looking down at her, like, running around and, like, fighting little guys. And it looks it looks like fucking Harry Potter chess. It looks so funny. That and it completely rules. undercuts the entire game. And I, I like so much that they have it in there. That rules. I think the end of this game should be... Um... Uh, when Hella gets smaller and smaller, like she shrinks, she should get, she should keep going till she's like the size of a, like an ant, and then you hear a voice. She's like, me, 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 me. it's and you just stomps on her, and she's like, yeah, and says one of the nah. Duke Nukem lines. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude, that that's how this game should have ended. That would have made that closing credit song work way more effectively if the game ended like that. I wish more VR games. I mean, maybe they do, and I just don't play much VR. Like, got fucking weird like that. Yeah, I mean, it, it looks like it's like you turn Hellblade into moss. That's like what it does. <laughs> yeah. um, so at the beginning of this, you you were like, I played this game a while ago. I kind of 
feel I, I feel like you were coming into this with like I don't remember this but I feel like I'm going to be kind of negative or I was kind of negative to begin with um I mean you've talked about it generally but like now you know you're coming out of it with like yeah it, it holding a more special place in your heart yeah I mean like I am way more excited to play the sequel than I was before this. I, I think overall, like, my thoughts on playing the game, like, just the act of playing it, are negative. Like, I don't mm-hmm. enjoy playing this game. I think, like, the thing I had forgotten about this game was how experimental it was and how, like, weird it was and how many moments in this game are, like, kind of swings for the fences, like the ending, yeah. the, the hell section. Like, there's a lot in here that is, like, really, really cool that I totally forgot about. And, like, the idea of Ninja Theory being able to blow that out, you know, ostensibly tackling another AAA game. Because, like, they are owned by Xbox now. Um, This, as far as I understand, ended up being a success for them to warrant a bigger sequel. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, they actually, they gave some details in their... in, in, in the thing like the the developer diaries where they were talking about in the you know they said like uh we it it, it was the best-selling game on playstation store when it released uh for, wow. for that month you know there might have not been a lot of other stuff that month but like they they said that um uh, they sold like 600,000 copies in three months, which was enough for them to break even. And they thought that that was going to take uh, more than twice as long. And so yeah. it was like they 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 fully we didn't talk about uh, previously the funding of this game, which is I know we're, we're at the end here, but just briefly, it is interesting. Almost all of it was just Ninja Theory saved up money from doing, you know, other gigs disney infinity and shit you know they took they took out some loans they had a little bit that was actually funded by like a european mental health organization but it's like a very small slice of the pie so this was like genuinely self-funded and then i think they got to use some stuff probably for free or for cheaper because of how much they featured them you know there's there's a lot about like the systems they used to do the facial scan stuff, maybe they didn't have to pay that much for it because they got to be such a, you know, like good demonstration of it. But anyway, game did well. It sold sold higher than expectations. It is certainly getting a sequel. Uh, then, yeah, that's and, sequel. And then Ninja Theory got bought. Yeah, Ninja Theory got so, bought. So the thing I'm I'm like the thing leaving this game is like, hey, you know, awesome experimental thing. Cannot wait to see where that lands in a sequel with more money in it to maybe, Mm -hmm. you know, like, not have to lean on those rune puzzles, seek and find puzzles Yeah, not have as much, like, padding in the game. Yeah, yeah. there's a cut of this game that's three hours long that is way better, (laughs) if you ask me. Mm -hmm. But, like, uh, yeah, I think I come out of it, like more positive like when i think back at this era of the ps4 xbox one like this is a standout to me of like man what a weird ass swing for the fences kind of like platinum doing near automata you know which came out the same year it's like what a weirdo fucking game from a studio that like no one was really thinking about at the time you know platinum 
in this analogy was like putting out some some duds back then. Ninja Theory had kind of limped along for a while. What a rad game! Um, can't wait to see what they do after this. Yeah, and I, and also that it as as you said at the beginning that it is such a rotten game ultimately. You know that there yeah. are so many elements that we love talking about in this, even though it is generally you know not nihilistic but but like it 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 fits you know it fits within our oeuvre is this the first game we've played with a happy ending max Payne 3 has a happy ending yeah but does it Uh, look as we learned he's drinking a soda at the end he's not drinking like yeah but yeah but he also commits some crazy terrorism oh sure um the game ends with him blowing up an airport yeah uh Maybe. I think it might Maybe. be. How, wait, how does DMC end? Oh, well, him and Virgil blew up the entire city and then are going their separate ways. Yeah, not yeah. a happy ending. Well, I, I hold think on. so. No, World at War does end with the end of World War Two. Yeah, and it's so cool how that happened. Really, like, a good a good time was had yeah, by all. Yeah, but th- that text at the end of the game really made you think. Uh, yeah, I think this is our first something rotten game that ends not rottenly. Hell yeah. Well, there it is. Jacob. Yes. We're going to do our Q&A episode next. That's right. That's going to be great. So, you know, write in. Well, probably by the time you're right, you're hearing this, we've already recorded the q Though maybe not with our current schedule. Anyway, write in. Podcast at gmail.com. This bonus episode, brother, I got barn burner for us. Gonna be oh, talking- good, because I have no idea what I'm going to talk about. <laughs> We're gonna have a throwback to the first. First, when did we talk about Shinya Sukamoto? I, I don't know. Anyway, we're gonna be talking about him again. So get hell ready. yeah! I've been so stoked to talk about the, tell you about this movie. Maybe I should ask you to watch it. Maybe we can watch it when I'm in North Carolina. But all of this is to say, next season, which I spoiled a few episodes ago, but no one caught—not even Jacob. Nope. Uh, maybe the most excited I've been for a season since Manhunt. Yeah, so stay tuned. Uh, something rotten. Uh, look, I'm not going to say a, a quote from this game. That would be uh, silly and disrespectful. So instead, uh, Hellblade, more like Hellblake, we did it. Uh, That's right. See you, everyone. <laughs> Bye.